1: <laughs> i'm all right okay yeah 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 yeah, that's good yeah 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 <laughs> all that and some <laughs> with a bag of chips
2: mm. well that's good i'm glad
1: what's up what we got going on
2: so tonight we are continuing our series first of all we here yeah We're at the house.
1: Coming to you live.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, we didn't even say that.
1: You didn't say that. I stopped even trying to get you to say it now. You know, you're supposed to go in. Because
2: I forget until you tell me. I know.
1: Oh, I didn't tell you. I ain't telling you no more. If you don't remember because I tell you every time, then you just don't remember because you don't want to remember. So we ain't going to say it.
2: (laughs) So we are coming to you live from the house. From the house. From the house. All right. As always, as usual. We are always here. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, 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 mm. So we are continuing our series on buzzwords this week.
1: Buzzwords busted.
2: Yes. Buzzwords busted. I really like that one. I think I need to find that sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I record it and we'll play it back every time. Buzzwords busted.
2: <laughs> it's a great sound effect. Yep. So today, what is today's word? What are we talking about?
1: Oh. When I was when I was looking over this and we were preparing for it, I had a um, a go down memory lane. Y'all know how I be finding that music, right? So this took me way back. I don't know if y'all know who Goody Mob is. If you don't, you can Google Goody Mob. Well, that's a tongue twister right there, ain't it? Google Goody (laughs) Mob. And then I was just like, you know. Stop it, cause I was gonna get
2: too high. I wish y'all were watching. Ooh,
1: we got the video. We got the video. Uh, mm-hmm. That ghetto, 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 ghetto. Got one foot in, one foot out of that ghetto. Ooh. we talking about ghetto. If y'all haven't figured it out yet, <laughs> that's the buzzword busted for the night. Ghetto.
2: We're talking about ghetto. Yeah, but mm-hmm.
1: that was. Y'all hear how we say it differently though? I'm like, we talking about that ghetto. She's like, we we're talking about ghetto. <laughs> oh my goodness we about to have hey y'all we about to go in tonight on the on the ghetto there
2: is a lot of history behind ghetto
1: she's like ghetto
2: ghetto hey there's a lot of history behind ghetto
1: the way that i know and what i know from my upbringing and Uh, my recollection and you know my association with ghetto is ghetto
2: there is Mm-hmm. already cognitive dissonance between the two of us because i had to go online to learn about the ghetto
1: but but what you learned and when i was reviewing the notes we're given the historical context yes we are or a historical context as far back as we can find yeah um true. of the word ghetto and where it came from but that's true but i was just thinking you, about you, it.
2: you can provide them the oh yeah okay. modern, the day modern
1: day context so what of what you know ghetto Yeah. Uh, Or or as you would say. That's not even a term. ghetto.
2: I don't even remember that term growing up because, let's face it, all white America, town of 2000 in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I don't even remember that term growing up, to be honest. Well, I knew it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, let's get into it. Come on in. Because, you know, I got a lot of history here. Come on in. Bring it on. Okay. First, we should say... That ghetto is one of the most controversial ghetto words is in one of the most modern day vernacular. Hey,
1: hold on before we do this. <laughs> hey, let's get this right. I'm. A, I need you to do this with me now. Okay. Ghetto. I uh, say ghetto. Like put some uh, ghetto. Okay.
0: okay.
2: Ghetto.
1: Okay. Never mind. Ghetto. Go good. back. Go back to yours because you you yeah, got some soul in that thing. Like ghetto. ghetto. I'm no. No, that no. That's, no. don't sound constipated. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say, say it with your chest, like Kevin Hart says. Say it with your chest. Ghetto! <laughs> okay, that's not your chest, that's your face. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my
2: goodness. I swear this is gonna be a good episode. We keep it all. Keep this, listening. Too.
1: We keep it all this. Too. Y'all about to get it all. <laughs> the real, real. All okay. Right, you, go ahead and say it you say it your get way. Ghetto. Ghetto. <laughs> you making it sound all cute. It ain't nothing cute there about the ghetto. There is nothing, cute, nothing about the cute about the ghetto. nothing cute about the ghetto. So put that the you.
2: Okay. The ghetto. Okay, I'm just going to say it how it comes out. Okay. Okay. Okay, so ghetto is one of the most controversial words in modern day vernacular because people, historians, academics, experts on the subject matter, people cannot agree on if we should be using the term, if we should not be using the term, when it's appropriate to use the term, when it's not appropriate to use the term. So there is like, people just cannot agree. So it is very controversial. Um, Probably one of the most controversial, to be honest. So let's travel back in the history of this word. And this stems The term ghetto stems from the 16th and 17th centuries in cities in Italy, like Venice, Frankfurt, Prague, and Rome, where they forcibly segregated Jewish populations. They walled them off. They put them under onerous restrictions, and they called the area the ghetto or the ghetto. Did I say it right? No, oh, keep okay. going. I'm done.
1: You didn't got, we didn't get serious now. Oh, gosh.
2: Okay. No more fun, guys. By the late 19th century, Italian ghettos had disappeared. Okay. However, under Nazi rule, Germany forced the reestablishment of Jewish ghettos in cities all over Europe that were isolated, strictly controlled, and resource deprived. This part, well, I don't know. I don't know if this would surprise anybody. Did this surprise you?
1: No, not at all.
2: I uh, don't recall if we ever learned the term "ghetto" in its environment in the Nazi in the Nazi world.
1: No, I, I definitely didn't when I was when I was thinking back. But like you said, was I surprised? No.
2: Anytime in modern day that I heard the word. Ghetto. I always associated it with the either poor, impoverished, or black communities in cities.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
2: just kind of how you learn about it. And the
1: clean way that some people try to put it is the urban districts.
2: The urban districts, yes. So that was kind of always how I learned about it. So when I learned it was really in reference to Jewish people, that surprised me.
1: Yeah, but I'm not surprised, though, when you think about it and you're talking about segregation. That's true. And you're looking at the context of the group of people. Yeah. And where it derived from.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Even
1: if you bring it into modern day, think about the people that are in power. Yeah. And the structures that it resembles when you're talking about segregating groups of people which i'm sure you're going to get to the reasons why that happened right a little bit more but to me when you said that am i surprised no right because the systemic structures that are in place by certain people white people in terms,
0: <laughs> in terms
1: of he's
2: looking at me like i did all this of segregation <laughs>
1: And the reasons behind it. Yes, I was just like, "Oh, yep, yeah. makes perfect sense."
2: Makes sense, yeah.
1: You know, and, and we've been on this history kick. Yeah, and kind of how. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It makes sense. I get it.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um. Yes. So this is kind of where they started in Italy, but it was to provide very concentrated living environments for Jewish people. And then it kind of disbanded and then the Nazis brought it all back. But mm-hmm. there was a reason they brought it back. And they did it all across Europe because Nazis were very powerful, not just in Germany, but they were very powerful across the entire continent. So they brought them back in multiple cities. And this was really just to make genocide a yeah. much easier project, you know. And I and I I don't want to say that flippantly, but I don't know how else to say it. I mean, it just, it was much easier for them to round up Jewish people and take them to concentration camps if they knew exactly where they were in each city in Europe. Um, so it just has this really terrible, terrible history when you think about World War II and what happened. Um, even before World War II in 1908, this term shifted a little bit from the anti Semitism to include dimensions of race and poverty. Right. So the term ghetto, even like when we think about America specifically, was used to define low poverty areas of town and housing that weren't mandated by law at that point, but were mandated by other constraints. What other constraints do you think those were?
1: Hmm. <laughs> Control. Yes. Um, I definitely think it was control. Um definitely power constraints. Mm-hmm. Um
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So in 1928, a study exploring American Jewish ghettos indicated that black individuals were segregated in the city into a racial colony as well. And this was due to economic considerations. I like how they phrase that considerations, racial prejudice and cultural differences that set them apart from the majority of the people who were living in cities at the time, which happened to be at the time white people.
1: Wow! Yeah. Yeah. I like how how you said they said consideration. Like it was a choice. <laughs>
2: yeah. Economic considerations. Economic considerations. <laughs> Come really? On. Come on. Yeah. So, a lot of this when I, so I I also said racial prejudice, right? Yeah. So, racial prejudice in this time from 19 honestly, well, we can go way way back, but we'll even talk about modern day and talking about the 20th century. So, in the 20th century, when we talk about racial prejudice in in policies per se, one of the many policies that included racial prejudice, but something that has really really impacted it impacted it impacted populations back then and it continues to impact populations now. And so I this is the reason that I get really frustrated when like say on social media or on the news on certain news channels that I will not name when people are like, I just don't understand why you're saying that black Americans or Hispanic Americans or marginalized populations continue to be oppressed because I just don't see it because we're in 2020. Right. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, have you not ever... Looked at history and understood what generational history will do to populations when there's major oppression in that history. Anyway, so this is why. So, racial prejudice included laws and lending practices, including redlining, which we'll talk about in a second, and restrictive covenants that were explicitly designed to separate white and non white city dwellers. Because at this point, 1928, 1930s, you still saw white people living in the cities and you don't anymore, and we'll talk about why. Well, I mean, not that you don't, but there's there was a major exodus. So redlining, though, I want to get back to redlining, because I think a lot of people hear this Today, this this term is passed around often, but people maybe don't understand what it means. So redlining was this practice up until almost the 1970s that was really just overt prejudicial policies that were written into governments, into the FHA, the first time homebuyers loan basically and other mortgage loans that denied mortgages to most non-white Americans and helped to really contribute to institutionalized racism. So when people talk about systemic racism or institutionalized racism, this was a racist policy. Redlining was a practice in which they would actually draw red lines on a map around areas of the city that were primarily non-white populations. Mm -hmm. And the policy was to not provide mortgages to families inside that red line. Mm -hmm. So there was no chance at home ownership. And we know that home ownership, just like land ownership, home ownership is one of the number one ways to start to accumulate generational income, money that you can pass from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. So while white people were having mortgages approved so they could buy homes and start building wealth, black people, Hispanic, Latino, were not able to because they wouldn't get approved. So also, this is another way that you see institutionalized racism because it was written in policy. So there were publications by the government, the FHA program that said that different races should not share neighborhoods.
1: Right. (laughs) I saw that in the notes and I was just like, you know, I'm not surprised because, and not to jump too far off topic, but you know when we teach our class and we're talking about the food deserts and things Mm -hmm. it's like the same concept like follow suit yeah and it's like the red line like what you just explained right like right now we're talking about home ownership and we're talking about how it created certain environments which then drew on the classification as a ghetto yeah what else you know went on within those red lines which held those people down Right. And perpetuated the stereotype of what a ghetto was.
2: And the primary stereotype for redlining, the justification behind redlining, which was not proven. It was just a prejudice, a stereotype, was that people who were non-white wouldn't be able to pay back their mortgage. Right. Even if they had jobs. Nobody ever did the research to say, like, this is true or this is not true. They just assumed that they wouldn't be able to. So they never gave him a chance.
1: You know what I think? And this is just Daryl talking, y'all. So this has nothing to do with history. Um, and, and I'm actually going to probably try to look it up and find out more. But I, I believe that they knew within their system and within their construct that black people couldn't. And they didn't want to set that, you know, set that situation up to where they lended it knowing they weren't going to get the money back because they knew the system would work against the black people paying the money back. I mean, think about it, getting jobs.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of discrimination Discrimination. and bias and prejudice.
1: So I felt like they had an understanding and knew the system. So therefore, they were pretty much protecting themselves against the system that they created to keep them in power. Yeah. So it's kind of like... I know I got this system in place that's going to discriminate against you getting a job that's going to make it more challenging and difficult for you to be able to provide and survive. Therefore, why would I give you a mortgage if I know that the system that we have in place that is suited for me is going to leave you to leave me in a bind?
0: Yeah, that's
2: exactly what happened.
1: So, I, I, you know, and, and, and that's not justifying, but I, I, I feel like that's
2: that's it's a, like this that's is, the system is this perpetual cycle. And you can't talk about the cycle without talking about all elements. The right. fact that there's prejudice in hiring non-white people at the time, the fact that there's prejudice in lending money to non-white people at the time because they knew yeah. that they wouldn't get jobs because they refused to hire them. Right. And so I think it's important to talk about the cycle it's just frustrating to talk mm-hmm. about the cycle because then you see that all these problems feed into each other. It, it, it really is a cycle. Um, okay. So after world war II, and so after everybody came back from the war and it's after world war II, there's this thing that's called white flight. And what this is, is white people leave the cities Altogether. They start going out to the suburbs. And you see this. This is like the 1960s leave it to beaver. Yep. You know, type of family atmosphere. And even then, with that show very popular in that era, people are like, Oh, well, if they're in the suburbs, I should be in the suburbs if I'm a white family, you know. So this is what happened. So they moved to the suburbs. This just further exacerbated the problem. Non-white people couldn't get loans for home ownership. Poverty rates among people of color, primarily black people, skyrocketed. The areas in the cities where they resided were then referred to as ghettos. Yep. So by 1970, the Jewish ghetto was replaced by the black ghetto in many American references, publications, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yep. And, and, and one of those things that we talked about in a previous episode, it's like, the black people took it and I use the term flipped it, mm-hmm. you know, and they flipped it and they're like, well, like this is where we are. This is what we have. Let's make the most of it. Let's strive. Let's try to make it the best situation for us. And they flipped ghetto. So then it picked up a different connotation within the black community. Yeah, which is probably what I know a little bit more about, yeah. <laughs> which um you know we'll talk about a little bit later but they flipped it and then when the white people were like oh those ghetto black people were there in the ghetto black people was like yeah we here and they made their life yeah out of the situation you know so they made the lemonade out of the lemon they were given yep so um
2: yeah that's a great point because we have two different frames of reference yeah as to ghetto
1: yeah, and and just like the song I played at the intro, you know, the, they say I got one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. Why? Because the ghetto helped raise me, but also I got to get out to do better so that I can make the ghetto better.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's beautiful. I feel like we could mic drop there, but we still have no, so much. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, got it. Let's talk we have a lot. It. Let's talk a little bit about it in like pop culture and modern day reference. So the term ghetto in pop culture, the first time it really comes into popular culture is in 1969 when Elvis, of all people, sang about Chicago's ghetto. And he said his lyrics specifically, he was singing about the ghetto in Chicago. And his lyrics are, people, don't you understand? The child needs a helping hand or he'll grow to be an angry young man someday.
1: <laughs>
2: okay, Elvis. All right, Elvis. <laughs> okay, Elvis. I'm
1: going to put on my blue suede shoes and step <laughs> all over your grave.
0: That's what I'm going to do. Okay, Elvis. No, nah, Don't
1: come get me about Elvis. Just kidding, y'all. Don't come get me about Elvis. I know some of y'all serious about that. And plus, I ain't putting on oh, no blue suede man. shoes anyway, so
2: Man, yeah. We did see somebody, uh, this is way rabbit trail, but we did see somebody in concert once who had blue suede shoes on. We did? Yeah. Don't you remember when we went to Anthony Hamilton's? Oh, yep, yep, Who was yep, the opener? Yep. yep, yep. Was Johnny
1: somebody? Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: Oh, my gosh. And he came out with blue he suede did. shoes and it was so great. Yes, yes. Yes. Anyway. Okay. Rabbit trail. So, also, Buster Rhymes sings about the ghetto, among many other people we just heard, you know. So, anyway, he sings, but... When he sings about it, kind of like you said, he flips it, right? So, he Mm -hmm. doesn't, A, ignore the intergenerational poverty effects within ghettos. and So, his lyrics are, um, here's one lyric, crackhead chicks still smoke with babies in their bellies. Oh, we're going to have to put a content warning on this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But he also doesn't allow the narrative to claim that all ghetto dwellers are miserable, some other lyrics where you find it's where you find beautiful women and rugrats and some of the most powerful people i love that
1: yeah like i said within the ghetto and within the community and the circumstances and situations i mean it teaches you a lot like you learn a lot and and like he said in his lyrics you know you have the bad but you also have the good and when people refer to it in um you know hip hop culture or whatever or certain other people I don't want to say all white people but when people hear about it or talk about it like all they hear or talk about is the negative connotation mm-hmm. but they don't talk about the good you know like Buster Ram said in the second half it's like yeah we got this but also don't overlook this because a lot of powerful people, a lot of successful people and even a lot of wealthy people came out of these communities where their experience growing up in the ghetto and what they've learned in those life life lessons helped them be who they are today.
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: Um, so a little bit more in like our modern day pop culture that I found. Um, this is why, okay, so I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast before we started, it's one of the most controversial terms in, well, to historians and to academics today. And they just can't agree. Like you have people writing articles one way and you have people writing articles another way about about the term ghetto. So ghettos were always defined by a lack of choice. They were the places that individuals were forced to live. It was not a like, I choose to move my family to the ghetto. It was like, you are forced to live in the ghetto, right? So using the term ghetto in reference to communities in print, at least has declined drastically since the early seventies in the past 50 years. You're not going to find it too often in academia or in research, um, or rep- reputable articles. <laughs> yeah. that's a good way to put it. Um, I couldn't think of how to term that. Um, But ghetto as slang, however, has been on the uptick for the past 40 years. So in one day, I can't remember what year this was. It was like two years ago, maybe in one day, Twitter tracked the usage of this word, and it was used 20 times per minute. Um, The most common reference today is being ghetto, quote unquote, or acting in a low class manner. So it's used in a derogatory way. And then on the flip side, it's also used as, quote unquote, ghetto fabulous or ghetto fab as being like classy without wealth.
1: Yeah, you know, I feel like within the within the that community, I'll say that community and whether it's a ghetto or black community, like the black people like we take so much, we get beat down so much and some things like you can't escape the perception or the tone or the connotation that is associated with where you live or where you grew up. Like you can't escape that no matter where you go. Like if you go somewhere and you tell them I'm from this neighborhood, Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you Mm -hmm. can't escape. So one of the ways to combat that, and and I've seen it and, and I know a lot of black people do this is they're like, man, bump that like it ain't that bad. Like and they take it and they flip it and and they try to share the side of the story that, you know, bus Rhyme did in, yeah. in a portion of the song. Like, I know you have that, but it's not all about that. Like, it's ghetto fabulous. Like, no, look, I came from there. and Look at me like I made it. I'm fabulous. And I think about this a lot with um college students that i interact with that i know grew up in these environments and grew up in these communities and in these situations and i'm just like don't be ashamed of it you know what i mean because if you ask where they're from a lot of them and and not to stereotype but they'll be like oh i'm from you know this part or that part they're like i'm from south florida mm. or i'm from this area this area but they won't claim like where or, or say exactly where they grew up because it's like the connotations like I don't want that perception on me. I don't want that stereotype on me. Because like you said, people will be quick to define you. Ooh, you from there, you ghetto. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then here's the crazy thing is a lot of the the um like a lot of the things that and I'm gonna call it hip hop culture, like that come out of the ghetto it's like white people, not all white people, some take it and then they make it their own little thing mm-hmm. and then claim it like, oh, yeah, like, you know, they did it or they came up with it or it's theirs.
2: Or they highly celebrate it. Or they
1: highly celebrate it. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, on the reverse side, they still talk a lot of trash and, and, and about the people in those communities. Right. And won't address the underlying issues of, well, there's nothing wrong with it. But how can we embrace or uplift that yeah. community? Like nobody talks about that. You know, it's either I'm ghetto fabulous or they're taking the culture from it and they're claiming it and they're like, yeah, but they're still talking trash about it, but they're not doing anything about the underlying issues in, in like you discussed earlier, like the housing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like let's talk about it. You know, you can't just take the culture and then not help the community. Like give back to the community. Let's see how we can uplift and get these people in houses. Get these people owning the communities that they are living in.
2: Yeah, so. agree, agree. Um, I think that there is a di- a dichotomy too in like how, who uses the term and how it is used mm-hmm. in American culture. And preach because i because i think that's important and i think it's important to understand and and i will i found this story maybe after i sent you the notes so i don't know if you saw it but it was really interesting because it was a BBC article and BBC is the British Broadcasting Corporation which people are probably familiar with but in case you're not that's what BBC is so it's british it's not american and the article was specifically about the term ghetto being used, and it was during a 2016 Golden Globe speech. Quentin Tarantino won, probably for best producer, director, or whatever. So he won an award, and in his acceptance speech, as an insult, he used the term it was in regards to music. I didn't actually write the quote down. I should have. It was in regards to music um, or the way the music was composed and he used it as an insult. So when he left the stage after using the term ghetto in reference to in trying to insult a music composer, um, Jamie Foxx who is black was ho- and Quentin Tarantino is white, by the way. And Jamie Foxx, who was is black, was hosting and he repeated the word to Tarantino, so he gets back up to the mic and he says ghetto to Quentin Tarantino as he leaves the stage. I missed all this, like, I don't know, we had just Anna was like one, so we probably uh, didn't watch yeah, TV at this point, uh, <laughs> right. Um so this is really to me this is like the dichotomy right of like one person from one background who has never had any experience with a with a ghetto as it is defined Especially nowadays in American culture and society, in this like low poverty, low socioeconomic status, is using this term where people who are from poverty, low socioeconomic status, and who traditionally are marginalized populations, is using it as an insult. Like, I just can't imagine the environment on that stage because then somebody who is from a marginalized population who understands what that term means for his community comes back up and is like, Did you really just say that?
1: Yeah, that's good though. I'm glad he called him out because I'm glad like, he Jamie did Fox too. Has been in his movies,
2: yes, he has. <laughs> he uses Jamie Foxx a lot, yeah, and he called him out.
1: So no, that was, yeah, that was good. I was, I was glad that he did that. Um, no, I didn't see that, but hearing you tell that story and, um, hearing about that, that's what it takes because a, a lot of people who don't really understand or know the context or the history that we're talking about now, they use that term so freely. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that is associated with it, I feel like is, um, choice. Hmm and i feel like when people say it now in a derogatory way they feel like the people that are in those communities are there by choice yeah and they disregard the housing discrimination they disregard the the history the the families growing up there and and you know the right. poverty because of you know the segregation that has been committed i'll say committed yeah um so yeah, they use it so freely because they don't have the the context or understand the history behind it, or don't even know, or they just know and they're just racist. Or that plain as simple as that. So
2: yeah, yeah. I um when I saw this article, I mean that was the 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 point of the article was interesting, but what I found more mystifying was the fact that in the article. They acknowledged that the use of the term ghetto may have been confusing as it was used as an insult to many non-Americans. This was coming from a British broadcasting company. So to me, what that said was that people in Europe don't understand that the term ghetto is an insult in America and and why? Because they had to go through and explain why it was actually an insult which I yep. guess is what I don't know. It's I guess it's what we're doing today. So maybe I shouldn't judge so harshly. Yeah. But I was just like, "Do wait, <laughs> what?" <laughs> that shocked me. Yeah. Um, I have one last thing I want to say about this. Go ahead. So I also found in a time article published in 2019 is and time is pretty reputable i think right and so in 2019 time published an article in which the article stated i'm just going to i'm just going to use quotes it said Quote, the term ghetto now has a specifically Jewish origin. It means a quarter in which Jews were restricted by law. In the immediate as well as historic experience of Jews, a ghetto is not a metaphor. It is a concrete entity with walls, stormtroopers, and a gas chamber. Mm. Yeah. And that kind of hit me because I think what happens or what has happened in America is that this term was applied and I wanna say this clearly. This is this was an exonym meaning this term was not adapted from the people living in the ghetto to be like I live in the ghetto. This term was used by people of influence in America in the early 20th century in publications in which they indicated that that areas of low poverty or low poverty of poverty and low socioeconomic status which primarily had marginalized and minority residents were ghetto. Yeah, and so I think that's an important. I think that's an important um, tie to to draw there because you can't think of the like you said the suffering and the prejudice and the bias that came with the Jewish ghetto, and not see the similar effects. On what they what is termed quote unquote the black ghetto in America now are are black people being taken from the ghetto to gas chambers not in the same way, and I don't think there's an equation. you can't equate that what happened in the Holocaust, but there is there is what is the word I'm looking metaphorically. for metaphorically metaphorically yeah Metaphorically. good that's a good word yes metaphorically you can you can equate the two in certain ways absolutely but I think this is where historians and academics are like we can't agree on who should be using this term when they should be using it and where
1: and because of that like I said earlier black people not all I, I'll just speak from my experience and with some of the black people that i know like they've taken it and they're like since y'all can't decide mm-hmm. people are using it against us so we're gonna take it and use it for us right and, and that's kind of how it's happening like you said in the songs right and, and even in the one that i just played and and if i would have let it play it out like you know it yeah. would have it would have told you and and in another lyric of a song you know they said were the gates put up to keep prime out or to keep us in mm. Which one? So um, I I definitely think that if you if you look at the, the structure of where it originated from back with the Jews and to now the black ghetto, if you look at the opportunities, if you look at the. You know, the discrimination, the prejudice, the Mm -hmm. racism associated with both sets. Yeah. The outcome, like you said, leads to the same thing. It's like it leads to death. Yeah. You know, it leads to marginalization. Yeah. And even though the way that it happened and how it was forced upon one group differs from how it was forced upon another group. If you heard the key word and the denominator is forced. Yeah. It wasn't a choice. And I feel like a lot of times when the word is used discriminatory against black people, they think that, or they say it as if it was a choice. You ended up in the ghetto Because you chose to end up in the ghetto. So now you choose to get out. Because it's your own fault. Mm. And that's where I disagree. Mm -hmm. Because even now. Some of those same policies. When you're talking about housing authority. It happens. But it just looks differently. Yeah. It still happens. But it just looks differently. So when you're talking about. A black ghetto or the ghetto and people making a choice yeah nobody is going to choose if you have options and you have a true choice no one is going to choose that lifestyle yeah but here's the thing though the people that are in that community they are tagged with being lazy, with being bombs, with being criminals, with being you name it and that's not the case. Yeah. For everyone within that community. Now, do you have some people within that community that are that way? Probably. Maybe so. But because someone that's in that situation that comes out, they're already 10 steps back just because of the community environment that they grew up in. And because they have those tags associated with them, makes it even more challenging Yeah. So one, it's not a choice. And when you were talking about who's using the term, yes, it means different things depending on who's using it. When you're talking about pop culture and you're talking about how some of the artists use it in their lyrics. It demonstrates a different visual than when you have a white person, a racist, someone who is for the discrimination and the policies using it. Or even the people who are using it to discriminate because you are from there, I don't feel like you're qualified, you're able to be this or do this. So when you're talking about the term ghetto, I feel like yes, there are two definitions. It's almost like two tones to how it's being used. So I was being funny and I was joking with you at the beginning of when I say it, like what I know from mm. where my family grew up in environments that they grew up in and circumstances that they grew up in. Like when I say ghetto, it's like, you know, it's like ghetto. But because we're there and we came from there, it doesn't define who we are. Right. But we can't take away the fact that it impacted us and it helped mold us. So when somebody else is like, oh, you're from the ghetto,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a black person's like, yeah, and
0: so? Yeah.
1: So that's that's why and you know I was making fun, but it's kinda like, you know, that that's the, the dual side of it. Yeah. Um, but do I think that I'm glad we're talking about it, and do I think that it needs to be addressed, not because of the stereotypes, not because of um the connotations that go with it but because of the underlining system
2: mm-hmm.
1: that has caused this to continue up through 2020. Yeah. And if you look at it from a historical context, from when it was used way back when with the Jewish people and now with the black people, the similarities. Yeah. Yeah. And the people that put these systems into place then, in comparison with the people that, I'm going to say, keep the system in Mm -hmm. place today. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, there's a continuation. And I think it's important to understand that the term ghetto is not even self-imposed. No. It is given. It is provided. Um, I think that's really important in the context of all this. But what you said was exactly right.
1: So if someone is claiming to be from the ghetto or claiming to be ghetto fabulous, um, that doesn't mean that they are a criminal. That doesn't mean that they are slacker. It doesn't mean that they're less than. It means that they made the most out of their situation They made the best out of the conditions that they had to live in, and that means that they are strong people.
2: Mm -hmm. It really just means they overcame adversity. Right. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to get off this soapbox.
2: (laughs) That was a good soapbox. soapbox. (laughs) That was a good soapbox.
1: That's the difference, though. Um,
2: Yep, that was good.
1: Yeah. So hopefully you understand a little bit better. Of where ghetto came from. Yep. And you understand the structures behind where it came from in comparison to the structures that still exist today. Yep. Now, the question is now that you know, how can you help? Yeah. As we change?
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of times.
1: And the structures that are in place.
2: Yeah. I feel like for the past few buzzwords busted we've done is like, here's why you should think twice before using that word. And I don't feel like it's that way with this one. I think like you said, I think there's more of, this was a term that was imposed on people who were already marginalized and already discriminated against. And so how do we then help those, help, help, equalize not much help equalize that community
1: yep let's get rid of the forced segregation
0: let's
2: let's get
1: <laughs> long road yes. ahead of us but let's get rid of the force
2: and segregation yes that's what it is i have a whole other topic for a whole other episode so all right yes. okay.
1: that's all i got for now it so. was
2: good that was good
1: all right well until the next time bye peace
2: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on any podcast platform and make sure that you rate us. Also, we do have a YouTube channel if you prefer to watch our antics and we also provide closed captioning.
1: And if you want to know more about us, go check us out on our website at successinblackandwhite.com or you can reach out to us directly on social media. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all platforms.
2: And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all platforms.